0: Welcome back guys. Thank you for listening. So we're talking about the creation, the birth, the the revolution will be televised. Thank you, Shane Douglas. You take the NWA world's heavyweight championship. You tossed it to the ground in front of God, your country, your father. And this happens in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So Shane Douglas is recognized as a champion for one day. Um, he was in a tournament Um, Lastly, defeating two pulled Scorpio. That tournament also included the likes of uh, Chris Benoit and 9-11, 9-1-1, whatever you want to call them. Um, Basically, it was an ECW show. And there was a lot of uh, backdoor shenanigans between Todd Gordon, Paul Heyman, and uh, Dennis Corluzzo, the NWA. And essentially, well, ECW took their shot. They took advantage. They took advantage of a weakened NWA. You Now, you have to remember, Ric Flair had vacated that title back in 93. Uh, okay, he uh, When he left WCW to go to the WWE, he left as the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Now, this is a whole other bag of worms, and we're not going to get into too much of the details, but eventually the NWA stripped Ric Flair of the title, and that was in 93. It took them nearly an entire year to hold a tournament to crown a new champion. Now, they did it on the backs of Eastern Championship Wrestling, who at the time was one of the fastest-growing indie wrestling promotions in the continental U.S. Uh, clearly, there were advantages to working with um, Eastern Championship Wrestling. The NWA has always had a knack of finding promotions to help propel it. Um, and that would that would be the case for the ECW Excuse me, that would be the case for the NWA, even after ECW. But sticking to this, so Shane Douglas wins the title, throws it down, declares himself the ECW world champion, putting the extreme in ECW. And what happens to the NWA? Well, in a short sense, um, it took them about three months to crown a new champion. That champion would be Chris Candido. The NWA would start working a lot with Jim Cornette's Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Now, Chris Candido, one of my favorites. The guy was uber talented and and we saw him in, you know, in the dying days of WCW. Uh, He was one half of the body Donna's in WWF, WWE, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, And towards the end of his life, he was actually reinvigorated in pro wrestling, had another run and he was in Impact Wrestling and he really was making great strides. People were expecting like a, a kind of a big return for Chris Candido, unfortunately. Um, due to a freak accident in the ring and a blood clot um, his life was taken from us Um, but that isn't about his NWA championship because as champion he didn't last very long either at this time that's when the NWA really started to reinvigorate itself in the late uh, excuse me early 90s and uh, it wasn't long before um, another upstart sports endeavor mixed martial arts ufc took off when the ufc took off uh ultimate fighting championship that's when uh, there was a lot of parallels with wrestling at that time the ufc was heavy regulated Um, many states wouldn't even allow ufc competitions in their state and the rules were a lot different then it was more of a tough man competition than actual mixed martial arts but one of the standouts in the ufc early years was dan the beast severin now that name, if you're an NWA fan, should be synonymous with mat wrestling, uh, tactical style wrestling, Lou inspired pro wrestling, because this is a real legitimate shooter. And Dan the B. Severin represented the NWA very well. He took the title to Japan. He wrestled all over the United States. He even appeared in the WWE as NWA world champion. I think they have one title defense against the shooter, Tony Jones on a Saturday night. Um, that may or may not be true. I believe it to be true but someone can source me on it anyways getting back to Dan to be severing, Um it was his uh, his reign as champion which really propelled the NWA because uh, as part of the Monday Night Wars WWE brought in the NWA now this was a big deal because at that time the NWA membership was at an all-time low They were grabbing at straws. You had Dennis Corluzzo, you had Howard Brody, you had Mike Porter and a few other guys. But the NWA was, well, was nearly dead. Shane Douglas, uh, his uh, mission statement for ECW was pretty close to accurate. The NWA was gone. I mean, you still had Corluzzo in New Jersey. You still had Howard Brody um, and a few other guys. But for the most part, the NWA was dwindling in membership, dwindling in title defenses, um, and then, Connecticut calls. The NWA returns to national television. The Rock and Roll Express, Jeff Jarrett, Dan Severn, the New Midnight Express. That's a funny one. Uh, we'll talk about that another time. But ultimately, what should have killed the NWA is what ended up saving it. So believe it or not, that wouldn't be the last time we'd see Shane Douglas in an NWA ring. Can you believe it? Uh, about 11 years ago, he ended up uh, working with NWA on Fire. Now, NWA on Fire was a promotion based out of the uh, Massachusetts uh, main area uh, in the Northeast. They did a few shows in New Jersey. and Sure enough, they brought in Shane Douglas, the franchise, the man who threw the belt down. He tried to murder the NWA and NWA on Fire brought him in. Um, but they wouldn't be the last ones. No, 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 no. After the ownership had changed with the National Wrestling Alliance, a new member based, uh, I believe, out of Indiana. I just want to say they were like in the Midwest. Um, they were CIW, CIW. They too brought in the franchise. So, I mean, controversy creates cash, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Um, interestingly enough, I met the franchise at a championship wrestling from Hollywood, uh, television taping. They were partnering with a, a project that also included road warrior animal, um, Rowdy Roddy Piper and Shane Douglas was there as well. And I don't think the project ever got off the ground, but they shot some stuff for that event there. Shane Douglas was in house and uh, I couldn't help it. I brought the 10 pounds of replica with me and, uh, Brought it to Shane and said, hey, man, you mind signing this? And uh, he was happy to do it, which is odd to me. But he was very happy to do it, uh, considering um, the history he had with the NWA. Uh, really nice about it and, and spoke fondly about the NWA, um, which was a complete right turn from uh, his, uh, his unwillingness to speak to the 10 pounds of gold, but then again, I wasn't recording them, and I wasn't really using my time for him uh, to promote anything I was doing, it was just a quick hello, handshake, sign the belt, talk a little bit about wrestling, and then walk on homeboy, Um, but I do have a funny story about uh, retribution, so to speak. Uh, there was a wrestling promotion in Canada uh, based in Manitoba. They did an entire series of wrestling. They put it on YouTube. You can still find it. It's called WFX. Um, they booked Scrap Iron, Adam Pierce to defend his World's Heavyweight Championship against Waffle Star. And uh, interestingly enough, the franchise, Shane Douglas, was on this card. And this this was called, and I'm sorry you have to look it up, it was called, um, Conflict of Interest. And on the card, it featured Hardcore Holly, um, a lot of ECW alumni like, uh, Just Incredible and Raven. It also featured, uh, Monty Kipsop, AKA, uh, the Ass Man, Mr. Billy Gunn. Um, Adam Pierce defeated Wavel Star, the First Nations, uh champion. Uh, anyways, Pierce defended the title, was successful, but the highlight of the night was uh, him laying out Shane Douglas the Franchise. Sorry, my voice impressions are terrible, but I kind of felt as a fan of the NWA back then, and even now, a little bit of retribution. We got to see well, not video. The video was never released. Um, it was available on Canadian pay-per-view for a short time, but I haven't been able to find it. If anyone finds it, link me, send me a message. But we were able to see a little bit of justice for the NWA dispersed by uh, old scrap iron himself, Adam Pierce, and uh, that warmed my heart quite a bit. Hey guys, so we're six weeks away, six weeks away from the NWA returning to studio television taping format. And I mean, you can kind of argue they never left. I've done that in other podcasts, but Billy Corgan, Dave Lagana, their version of the NWA will be in studio. Now, can I humble brag for a minute? Because I was at a studio TV taping that Dave Lagana was a writer for that was kind of a first for the NWA the NWA uh on Color's TV. I was there for that. Uh, I was also there for the first NWA Hollywood TV taping. Um at the uh the Galaxy Theater in Santa Ana, California. Stones Throw away from Hollywood, not quite there. But this will be the first time that I've been to a genuine artifact NWA TV taping. This is the very first and I encourage anyone who can get to Atlanta they should. Anyone that can be a part of the TV taping, they should. Because this is a first-time deal. This won't happen again. This is the first time for the National Wrestling Alliance to be in a studio. And we know the world's heavyweight champion, Nick Aldis, will be there. We know Eli Drake will be there. We know that uh, Sienna, Allison K. I I think they call her Allison Kay. We'll call her Allison. Allison will be there. Uh, we know Camille will be there. We know Ricky Stark will be there. We know the Cowboy National Champion James Storm will be there. Um, and then who else? We don't really know. That's all kind of up in the air. Now the we also know the voice of the NWA, the newest addition to the NWA family, Joe Galley, who some of you are familiar with. Uh, he was at the 70th anniversary show before that. He was. Uh, one of the play-by-play announcers for Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, Um, he will be in attendance. He is the voice. And one thing that he mentioned uh, in the latest 10 Pounds of Gold is that champions from past generations will be there. Now, he didn't specify what champions, and I could only assume he meant world champions. But um, I decided to do a little bit of math, and I decided to look at the past 43 champions of the NWA. And we're dating back to the late 70s early 70s mid 70s um you know six of them are deceased uh unfortunately carly race recently passed he won't be there neither will giant baba carrie von eric dusty Rhodes, chris candido or hashimoto none of them will be there sorry um and then of the of the 43 that haven't passed away um, I've, I show about 17 of them having commitments to other wrestling promotions. So, you know, Cody, obviously working for AEW. Uh, Hiroshi Tenzan is in New Japan. Satoshi Kojima is in also New Japan. Adam Pierce working with the WWE, although, hmm. Colt Cabana, uh, he's with Ring of Honor. Now, he has worked with the NWA in the past. Doesn't mean he won't be there, but. A uh, strong possibility he won't be considering the relationship between the NWA and Ring of Honor has come to an end. Uh, the Sheik, he works Major League Wrestling. Hopefully that means he won't be there. <laughs> Blue Demon Jr., he works AAA in Mexico. He probably won't be there. However, he was at the 70th Anniversary Show, so it wouldn't surprise me if he did show up. Abyss, Jeff Jarrett, both working for the WWE. Rhino, currently working in impact again doesn't mean he won't be there It just the likelihood seems slim because this is going to be taped for television uh obviously aj styles uh ron killings both aren't slated to be there both working with the wwe ken shamrock recently started working for impact so i doubt you'll see him there steve carino working for the wwe uh in the uh, behind the scenes role he probably won't be there the great muda Probably won't be there because he lives in Japan and also works for Wrestle 1. Tatsuji Fujinami, who works for Tradition. I think he owns Tradition in Japan. He probably won't be there. And of course, Ricky Steamboat, also a WWE uh, behind-the-scenes guy. I don't think he will be there. So who will be there? Who could be there? Well, let's go backwards first, right? Terry Funk. Dory Funk Jr. was there. Why not Terry Funk? Uh, Tommy Rich. Tommy Wildfire Rich. Tommy Wildfire Rich meant a lot to the Atlanta wrestling scene, so there's a good possibility. I think he might be there. I'm not going to say he's going to be there. I'm not going to guarantee it, but it it seems like a hugely missed opportunity if he isn't there. Um, Then we go with Ronnie Garvin, maybe. Masahiro Chono, probably not. He lives in Japan. Barry Windham is a possibility. Ric Flair, I know his asking price is pretty high. Shane Douglas, I don't see Shane Douglas working with the NWA going forward. Gary Steele? I don't even know if he's still alive. I think he fell off the map. Uh, Noya Ogawa, again, probably not considering he lives in Japan. Sabu, possibly. I could see Sabu being there. Mike Rapata, oh, no thank you Mike Rapata, but he might be there, it's a possibility. Dan the Beast Severed would be a huge fan favorite. A lot of people would be excited about that. Uh, I've heard a lot of people ask for Raven, both the Raven, Nevermore. why not? It makes perfect sense. He should be there. In fact, he should do color commentary next to Joe Galley, but we'll see. Uh, Christian cage. That would be a personal favorite for me. If he was there, what about the man they call sting? Oh, like so much history with the, uh, Jim Crockett promotions in Atlanta and sting that it seems like it's makes too much sense. Right. Um, Brent Albright, uh, mostly out of the business. I mean, completely out of the business. I don't foresee him being there, but who knows? Uh, tokyo monster kahegas yeah you can't burn bridges and expect to be brought back uh Kahegis was one of the guys who was really hard on the nwa buried him i i would never see him working with the nwa again uh rob conway a similar story right i mean uh, it was that's my jim halpert from the office look uh yeah, I don't, think, uh, I don't think Rob Conway will be involved considering the recent uh, news that broke with David Lagana, considering that uh, Conway didn't show up to their anniversary show and hardly any notification, any notice. Uh, Jack Stane, I guarantee to you he'll be there. I'll bet you dollars to donuts that Jack Stane will be there. And then Tim Storm. I like Tim Storm. I love Tim Storm. I think Tim Storm should be there. But we all know from 10 pounds of gold that Tim Storm is a school teacher. And, well, these tapings are happening on, on a Monday and a Tuesday. So I don't know if he's actually going to even be able to be there. The likelihood of him being there is slim. Anyways, guys, that's going to conclude this week's J-Cows View. Um, if you want to be a part of this, you're going to have to download the Anchor app. That's what I use to produce this uh, podcast with. And you can have your questions. You can message it to me like you're making a voice message and uh, we could play those and answer your questions here on the show. If you have any other questions, DM me, slide into those DMS. It doesn't matter if it's on Instagram, if it's on Twitter or Facebook, we're at the Alliance blog. So you can find us also the website is www.alliance-wrestling.com. Make sure you check out the website and also, Hey, while you're at it, why don't you buy it? Head to Amazon and buy the t-shirt. I'd greatly appreciate it. Um, But that's going to do it for this week. Uh, tune in next week maybe we'll have something new for you Um, see you guys in Atlanta see you at the matches and you have a good night now hey friends thanks for tuning in to view. this is the journey of a journalist the chronicles of a content creator The musings of a wrestling fan. This is also a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information with regards to the National Wrestling Alliance. I'm your host, J-Cow, and what a week. What a week, and what a week it's going to continue to be. Uh, We are on the march. September, To the NWA TV tapings that will be taking place, October excuse me, September 29th, and October first, at the Georgia Public Broadcasting Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. My tickets are booked. My hotel is reserved. I have tickets to the event. I still need to get a car. So I got to do that. But gosh, guys, I'm so tired. It- it's, it's been a week, guys. It is, I'm not going to lie, it has been very, very busy. I mean, I fly to Atlanta Sunday morning, I go to the doctor later today, tomorrow I have a wedding to go to, we do two birthday parties for my daughters this weekend, um, and I've spent all week long creating content for, for my daughter's YouTube channel, um, great content for my staff, Um it's been a busy week, guys, but I gladly do it because this is my passion project. And uh, this week, we're going to be talking about that NWA television take. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what's coming next for Jake Hounsfield. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about LionStashWrestling.com. So if you guys are tuned in, uh, get comfortable, and uh, I'll hear from you after this uh, break.